Do you aspire to have a better connection with your daughter? Hmm? I've known this feeling and there's a way to meet this challenge. That's what this podcast is all about. It starts with simple steps to help mothers and daughters work together and explore subjects that matter to each of them, regardless of age. Hi, I'm Amy Miller, founder of Amy's Art Palette and the host of the Mother Daughter Art Project. I'm a mom and also a credentialed art teacher, certified parent coach, artist, camp mom, and connector. Creating a stronger bridge between people is the essence of what I do, especially with mothers and daughters. This podcast was born from the positive impact that the Mother Daughter Art Project, a monthly subscription box membership, was having on so many family dynamics. You'll hear from me and experts who see the importance of building a strong bridge between mothers and daughters and have ways to make that happen. I'm so grateful you're here listening. Thank you for showing up today and for showing up for you and your daughter. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amy's Art Palette. I am so excited about today's episode with my friend Debbie because we're going to be talking about connection. And that is one of my key words. So when Debbie said she would be here to talk to me about connection within families, I was thrilled. So thank you so much, Debbie, for being here with us. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So Debbie, you are a licensed clinical social worker and parent coach who specializes in working with parents and families, and you've done this for over 20 years. Debbie is certified positive disciplined parent educator, certified redirecting children's behavior, which is how we met, Mm -hmm. and a mindfulness facilitator. Inspired by your own parenting challenges, raising two very strong-willed kids, (laughs) Debbie, you set out to educate yourself and others on positive, mindful approaches to support healthy and connected family relationships. You bring together your knowledge and expertise in positive parenting, mindful parenting, social-emotional development, and you are deeply passionate about supporting parents in creating a more calm, confident, and connected within themselves and within their families. And I know you must be so good at that because just being in your presence, you exude this amazing sense of calm. Oh, thank you. You also facilitate engaging parenting classes, group presentations, (laughs) and individualized parent coaching. In addition, you are trained in the mindful schools curriculum and offer mindfulness training for children, parents, educators, businesses, and community organizations. Like you, it's one of my favorite topics, and I think it's probably one of the most important things that I do in my work with parents, honestly, yes. is just talk about connection. So it's funny, in, so as you said, I'm, I'm trained and certified in positive discipline, and there's, we have this like ongoing joke within positive discipline that we say, you know, in real estate, they say it's all about location, location, location. And in positive discipline, we say it's all about connection, connection, connection. So it's like the core of of the work that I do. And yeah, I think it's really important. I'm just, I'm excited that you're open to talking about it and that you want to share this and that others are even just open to hearing about how can they feel more connected within their families, within themselves. And then, yeah, like you said, what that, what that looks like. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. We're going to get started. So 
Feeling connected towards others is really a basic human need now, especially more than ever. And I'm going to try a new technique moving forward with my podcast and ask my guests to describe, not describe, but to define their topic in several ways. So first, can you please define or describe connection as if you were speaking to a kindergartner? As if I was speaking to a kindergartner. So I would say connection is about feeling cozy and comfortable. And it's about feeling really safe. Love it. <laughs> and if you were talking to a fifth grader, someone who has been through elementary school and now they're in fifth grade and they're having, you know, discovering friends that they actually want to hang out with and, and maybe some that they don't feel good around. How would you describe to a fifth grade what it feels like or what connection is? So I would probably say to a fifth grader, you would likely know that you are connected to another person when you feel you're, you're most comfortable, when you feel safe, and also just when you feel understood, when you feel like your friend just gets you and oh. others around you just get you. I think we could use that just get you no matter <laughs> what age, any. right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And if you were talking to a teenager, like a high schooler mm -hmm. or, you know, college student, mm -hmm. and here they are expanding their wings and meeting new people in, in various activities and, and classes and whatever, how would you make sure that they understood connection? So similar to everything that we've said. And I think a couple of things that I would add would be that they feel unconditionally accepted. So in addition to just feeling safe and comfortable, like they can be themselves, that truly by being themselves, that there's just an element of just pure acceptance that I'm not, that this friend or these people with whom they're in a relationship, they're not feeling judged. They're able to just fully feel seen and feel themselves as well as feel heard and understood. I think those are the key components. Yes, and, and if you were talking to another adult, what it means to feel connected to another adult, it, it's all of that being seen and heard and um, understood without judgment. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you would add if you were talking to an adult? I think everything you just said, and I, I like to think of connection like our anchor. It's what helps us to feel safe and secure and grounded. Okay. And I think what's so important is that even like, and I hope, you know, that as, you know, parents and kids or who, who you know, your listeners who's listening to this can even like kind of stop and think like, God, how do I feel in this particular relationship? Or maybe there's a relationship that hasn't felt the way that they like, and they've been sort of questioning it and sometimes asking, you know, do I feel safe in this relationship? Do I feel secure? And, and then being able to kind of be open to what those answers might be and decide what may or may not need to happen next. That sometimes we assume a connection, but when we really break down what it means and what it, what it ideally feels like, it's interesting what can show up. That is a great segue into my first real question about wellness. And so when we're feeling connected, how it is so beneficial to our health and wellness, our mental health. And on the flip side, also, we can talk about 
what kind of feelings we're feeling when we don't feel connected Mm -hmm. and how that can impact our health and wellness and mental health. Mm -hmm. So let's go first with, you know, when we feel connected, what are all the good things that we can expect to feel and feel in our bodies? So, I mean, I think, you know, similarly to what we're saying that, that, when I share what I think, or when I share what I feel, or I share my dreams or my desires, they're just welcomed. And, and there's just a a safety there. I mean, to me, it's all about that feeling of safety and security. And within my body, it's just calm. There's no tension. My jaw isn't tense. My shoulders aren't up here. I just, it's like, there's a flow, right? You think about just like, there's just this nice natural flow. And when our bodies are flowing in that way, when we're not tense and tightened up, because that's part of what creates that stress, right? Which then leads our bodies down a particular path of not so healthy. But when we're able to sort of check in with ourselves and know, okay, how am I feeling in this relationship? Or how am I feeling in this moment in in the presence of this person? And, And then to be able to listen to the wisdom of our bodies. Our bodies are so smart. Right? And they tell us, I mean, they have so much information for us. And oftentimes, a lot of times, we we ignore. We ignore. No, that doesn't matter. No, that's just a feeling that I'm not right here. Right? But our bodies usually are, are right and have so much to tell us. So I think it's so much about trust. And I think, you know, going back to, to your question, I think when we're not feeling connected, I think part of what comes up, the first word that comes up to mind for me is like self-doubt. When I'm in a relationship and I'm not feeling really connected, I will start to notice more self-doubt. What am I saying? How am I saying this? How is this being received? How am I coming? Like all of that. Whereas when I'm in a connected relationship, that doesn't even cross my mind. It just doesn't cross my mind, right? We're just accepted and heard, seen, all those things, not judged. And when it's disconnected and we having, we're having to think and walk on eggshells or having to really think about how we need to say something so that is it is accepted, maybe that's a sign that this is not a good relationship for you to be in, whether it be you know, a, re- a relationship, a committed, loving, romantic relationship or a healthy friendship relationship. Mm-hmm. It goes in every kind of relationship. And, and it's not to say that in these relationships, like in a connected relationship, we can still have disagreements. It's not like we have to agree with everything the other person says, but we know that there's a respect there that I can respectfully disagree and not be rejected. Yes. I didn't intend to mean that like we can't have disagreement because no, 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 that's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I didn't say, I just, it popped in my mind that sometimes I think when people think about, well, if I have this disagreement, that means we're not connected. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important to know that, 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 that the conflict is just a part of life and a part of a relationship. Yeah. It it reminds me of while my husband and I were at camp last summer, it Mm -hmm. was our 25th wedding anniversary. And we are always at camp on our anniversary, Mm -hmm. which is lovely because we get a blessing. And I feel like we're role models to the campers and the staff. And like we met at camp and here we are still Mm -hmm. at camp and it's now 25 years. And I remember we were sitting around at the tables 
And he said to the other, some staff members, he said, you know, we don't have a perfect marriage, Mm -hmm. but it's how we navigate the bumps. Yeah. So we are fully connected and we have bumps and disagreement. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. because we are connected, we get through it, which is brings me back right back to the (laughs) mother daughter art project and this upcoming digital product that I'm going to announce for any pair soon. It's, um, becoming more comfortable having those conversations, any conversation. So when there is conflict, you would feel comfortable coming to that relationship mm-hmm. with the, with the idea that you, that you were unhappy or didn't like something or whatever, like mm-hmm. the mother daughter, our project, I don't know if you know this, it was birthed from a disagreement with my oldest daughter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. We had, we were in a disagreement. She's 21. It mm-hmm. was just, you know, right in the middle of COVID. She was home. We had a disagreement. I walked into the studio and I said, oh, I'm going to do something for mothers and daughters because I knew in that moment, because of our relationship and our connection, mm-hmm. that we would get through our argument fairly quickly and we would be able to say how we were each feeling, listen, hear, and come to an understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how this movement started. That's awesome. I love in it. In that moment, I, I can see the place where I was standing when I walked Aww. into the studio from where I'm sitting right here. Oh, it's your passion, right? I you love had it. to take your passion. It's your passion. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So besides the Mother Daughter Art Project, right? What are some other ways that parents and children can connect with each other? people can connect with each other, other humans, just, you know, quick, easy examples of ways that people can connect with each other. So I think, you know, the most obvious is spending time together, right? I mean, you know, I I talk a lot with parents about doing special time with their kiddos. So that's having, you know, that one-on-one time where there's no distractions, there's no phone, there's no other sibling around where, they get to focus solely on their child. And really the message that they're sending their child is I'm all yours. And I think that's the ultimate connection just for that child to feel like, oh my God, my, I get a hundred percent of my parents' attention, right? They're not elsewhere. They're exactly where, where we need to be. So I think, you know, time is, is certainly important and, and, and that can be anything. I mean, I think for some parents that they feel like they have to like do this extravagant trip to Disneyland or here, and it, it, it can be 15 minutes. It can be 10 minutes where you're really just fully present with your child. And I think that what's kind of the step before that in order to really be able to show up in those moments with our full presence, I think we also have to feel connected within ourselves. So not only connected within ourselves, but just kind of just comfortable, right? Just kind of open and comfortable. And that's, I think, a process that takes time to develop. I think a lot of parents, we, we spend time with our kids and maybe we're not feeling that connection, but it's something that we can develop. It's something that we can sort of aim to work towards because I think that that's such a, something that's so important that we want to model for our kids, right? What that sort of sense of, you know, self concept looks like and that sense of self-kindness and self-respect and self-compassion and so when we're feeling all that here then when we are in presence with our child 
they pick up on that energy that we have. And then that becomes part of sort of just their norm, part of what they know. And I think that's also something that you feel when you're in the presence of someone else, when you feel that connection. I think it really fuels that. It must have been, and I know that this didn't happen, but it was like I gave you the script of, of something that I say to the mothers in a video. I, 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 it's, it's like I gave you that script, but I, I actually, I promise. I know same wavelength. we're on the same wavelength. That's why we get along so well. We speak the same language. Well, yeah, yes, we are connected. We are connected. Oh, oh, I have chills now. I know I'm now I'm having, <laughs> let me gather my thoughts for a second. I'm glad you touched on how we need to be connected within ourselves because it helps us connect with others. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit mm-hmm. and I want to talk about technology and how mm-hmm. it's so prevalent in our everyday lives. And I know this is a tough question. This is a tough question coming. Do you think it helps or hinders connection? For, for anyone? Well, well, right. That's a great, that's a great question back. That's a great response to me. Like, Hmm. Okay. So let's break it down. So do you think technology helps with parents and children? I think it causes a lot of stress and conflict between parents and children because you know, listen, the, the reality is most of us know, I mean, we didn't grow up with this, right? So we didn't grow up with technology. So it's this whole new world that we have to navigate. It feels very foreign to us. Whereas our kids, like this is their norm. And I think that the, the reality that, that is so helpful when we can sort of come to and accept the reality that, that technology is how our kids connect. For better or worse, it's just how they connect. It doesn't mean that we still don't want to support them in the art of conversation and in the art of, you know, being face-to-face with people, but we also have to be realistic. So I think, you know, sometimes I know, you know, when I've talked to parents and they say, you know, they, they took their child's technology complete away. It's like they've stripped that child of everything. So, you know, a, a lot of times when I work with parents and they're sort of set up, you know, and we'll talk about, you know, what they've tried and, and what's worked, what hasn't worked. And they'll say, you know, I took my kids technology away. And what they notice is that it's like, they've completely cut off their child's lifeline. So I completely understand that when we can get to the end of our rope, as far as our child's behavior or just feeling fed up. And I think it's so important that we're also mindful of what that technology and what that sort of screen relationship means to our child, because that is how they connect with their friends, whether we like it or not, it's here to stay. And I think the more that we can learn how to accept it and navigate it together so that we can maintain our connection with our child as they navigate those relationships is gonna be really important because I think it causes a lot I mean, to completely shut it off, I think causes a lot of mental health issues for kids. I mean, I think they really feel isolated. You know, when when I've worked with kids in the past, they'll say, I just felt so isolated. I got so depressed. I missed my friends. I missed being able to just find out what other people were doing. You know, so there is something about that. 
do we need to have it like unlimited? No, we obviously want to have some limits around that. But I think it's just being mindful that it's like a blessing and a curse. It is. It's a blessing and a curse. I mean, without technology, you and I couldn't be having this conversation right now. I couldn't be talking to people, you know, around the world. And, you know, so, so there's something, you know, there's something to it, but, you know, I think it's just having that awareness and together in a, in a respectful way, being able to come up with boundaries around what that looks like, but just understanding the importance and what that means to our kids. Yeah. Having that lifeline. Parenting is so hard right now. Mm -hmm. Parenting is so, so hard. And especially now during the pandemic, when our kids are home or some are back in school now, teenagers are really struggling. Technology is a blessing and a curse. And I knew it was a tough question. And I don't think that there's an answer that fits in a nice little tie it up and with a bow. It just needs to be something we continually talk about, set boundaries around, and depending upon the age of the child. Mm-hmm. And there's so many variables. And I think, as you said, it's an ongoing conversation. Ongoing. And I think it's mm-hmm. easier to have that conversation when we're in the connected relationship. Yes. It's a lot harder to have the conversation when we're not feeling connected to the person who's wanting to take it away or talk about it, right? So that's why it's like, it's all coming back to connection and the importance of, of really making that like the, the centerpiece of a relationship, especially that parent child relationship, especially. Yes. It's everything, isn't it? It, it? it is. It is everything. It is everything. So when people aren't feeling connected towards others, what are some of the behaviors that you see? Mm-hmm. So I would say, for lack of a better word, it's just more acting out. Mm -hmm. I think it's just more acting out. We just see more behavioral stuff. So whether that is, you know, anything from just aggression, you know, hitting, kicking, all that kind of stuff in 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 the younger kiddos to the disrespectful, talking back, you know, defiance in the older ones, the eye rolling. Some of that is normal. And some of that is our child's way of saying, I don't feel connected. And they don't necessarily have the words to say, hey, I'm not feeling safe in this relationship, or I'm not feeling connected, or I'm feeling like your phone's more important, or I'm feeling like you give my sibling more attention, right? They don't really have that ability to communicate in that way just yet. So what they do is they show us through their behavior. Right. So we say, you know, their behaviors of communication. And oftentimes we become so focused on the behavior itself and not the message that our kids are trying to send us. And once we can slow down and just get curious about, huh, I wonder why, why my kiddos having such a hard time, or I wonder why they're kind of coming at me in this way, or why they're feeling, you know, so aggressive right now. Right. When we can kind of stop to just do our own self check, which I know is so hard. I mean, it's so hard to think, okay, is there something I'm doing? Right. A lot of times parents will say, no, it's just, it's my kid. Let's just talk about my kid. And I'll say, well, that's important. Yes. And let's also kind of look at sort of how we show up in these moments because it certainly impacts that relationship. So that's why it all comes back to, okay, typically that, that acting out is a way that our kid tells us I'm not feeling connected. And then that's where we're able to kind of spend some time talking about how can we rebuild that? 
Yeah. But it's less about stopping particular behaviors. I mean, certainly we want to have boundaries and create safety and all of that, of course. And it's really about putting the focus back on that relationship. How do we rebuild this relationship? That in that exact moment is where that pause comes in. And I'm not sure if I shared with you when I hear people talking about the pause, I hear people say, let's just take a breath, take a breath. And we're going to pause. What I like to do and share with people to do is a private pause. Mm -hmm. And I do a private pause by curling my toes. Mm -hmm. And so it grounds me to the earth. Mm -hmm. It makes me slow down. It reminds me like, hmm, it, it allows me to check in with like, what just happened here? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. in this instance that you just described, it could be like, curl the toes. Hmm. What message is my kid trying to tell me versus having no grounding and no pause, but just doing the automatic quick reaction to mm -hmm. our kid, which is not going to get us anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. So just curling our toes or taking whatever works for you, you know, rolling your fingers together, but just do a private pause. Think about the message that's trying to be shared and thinking that it probably all comes down to connection. <laughs> yes. And I would take, I would take what you said and what you, what you offer and even like add to that. So even when I, a lot of times, you know, I talk with parents about when they're being met with so much defiance and when they're being met with so much resistance, just as you said, rather than reacting, seeing if they can respond. And part of that is actually asking themselves, okay, wait, how am I coming? How am I showing up in this moment? Like, what is my tone of voice? What is my body language? What are my nonverbals? Because oftentimes we're not even aware of how we're coming across. So when I work with parents and especially working with them on Zoom, I'll kind of like stand up, like tilt my camera up. So I'm like standing over them and then I'll sit down and kind of ask them to tell me like the differences and, and how that felt. And it's like, it, it makes a world of difference. And so then once I can recognize, okay, hold on, I got to take the step back. I need to curl my toes. I need to, you know, rub my fingers and, and take my own private pause. And as I'm doing that, I, I, I can also find out like, where do I need to sort of adjust? Where can I fine tune a little bit so that maybe I bring my voice down or maybe I just say, you know, I just, I need to take a break for a minute. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. You know, I think it's great that you just said that as a parent to be able to share, like, I need a break in this moment. And to the child, I remember when my girls were younger, you know, I'd say, you know, I think we both need a break right now. You go and do something Mm -hmm. in your room, not as a timeout, mm -hmm. but you know, and you can come out of your room anytime. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and do this and we'll reconvene when we're both, you know, cooled down a little bit. We had a few moments to think about it. And I never said, you have to stay there for five minutes or whatever. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, go and do, go do something and come out when you're ready mm -hmm. and giving that child a sense of, um, control and mm -hmm. confidence and learning to regulate their own behaviors. Like, what do they need right now? Do they need to just go scream in their bed or do they need to go play with Play-Doh? Do they need to go stack Legos? Do they need to go color? Do they need to, you know, jump, you know, jump around in the backyard, whatever they feel everyone's needs are different, what they need to do to regulate themselves. Mm -hmm. And then and the connection so can happen again. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have to start with asking ourselves that question, like, what do I need right now? So that, so that we know that it's okay to check in with ourselves and to understand what we're feeling and understand what we need, because then that gets passed down to our child, right? We want our children to be able to do that self-reflection, right? Like, what do I need right now? And so when you say, you know, you go and do your thing and I'll do my thing, it's like you're giving your child and yourself permission to just feel what you're feeling and let that be okay, right? Without judgment, without punishment. And then, as you said, then we reconvene and then we can talk about what needs to happen or what happened or what can we do to get all that kind of stuff. But I think that question is something that so many parents I work with tell me that they have a really hard time with, you know, asking themselves, like, what do I need? Or how do I feel right now? And we talk about how when they are able to do that for themselves, that gets passed down for our kids because that's what self-care is about. And I know that word's overused all the time, but there's, there's a reason, right? Because it's, that's, yeah. it comes down to that. So I think it's, it goes back to, as you were saying earlier, that modeling. What are we modeling for our kids? Yeah. Well, Debbie, I am so glad I chose you for this topic. Aww. Thank you. I'm so glad that we were able to have this chat. I love this, our connection chat. Me too. <laughs> if people um, wanted to get a hold of you and find you and work with you or see what you're offering for workshops and businesses and all the things, how can they find Thank you for asking. So I'm on all the social media stuff, Instagram um, at debbiezeichner.parentcoach and Facebook. I have a really active Facebook group. It's called Becoming an Empowered Parent. There's like over a thousand members in there and it's just full of inspiration and support and guidance. And so that's a place to find me. I have a website, debbiezeichnerlcsw.com, where I have all my offerings. Um, I also have a, it's now, I haven't even like fully announced it yet, but it's a now self-based on-demand course called Taking the Struggle Out of Power Struggles. It used to be a live course and I've made it where you can just do it whenever you want to do it at your own pace. Um, And it comes with, excuse me, it comes with a free parent coaching session. A one hour parent coaching session is included. So it's lots of other, lots of other cool bonuses. So lots of opportunities to connect lots of opportunities to learn and grow and and do this together. And as I always tell parents, like I'm in it too, like I'm right there in the trenches with, with, with all of us, because I'm parenting, I've got a 15 year old and a 12 year old. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Parenting young humans is just, it's hard. I'll just (laughs) tell you one thing. Parenting college age humans is hard too. Oh, I bet. So parenting just in general is hard. It's hard. Yep. I don't think you ever stop being a parent. And um, I will make sure all of that information that you just shared is in the show notes. So everyone can, you know, look in the show notes and find you with links. You're welcome. Thank you again for having me. It was so much fun. And I would love to come back anytime. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to plan it for sure. Thanks again, Debbie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mother Daughter Art Project podcast. We welcome any reviews and comments on your favorite listening platform. You can make a lasting impact by sharing this podcast with those you love. For more information about the Mother Daughter Art Project monthly subscription box, visit amysartpalette.com. Are you feeling uneasy that you're not an artist? Don't be. I taught elementary school art and designed the projects to be accessible for all ages. I believe everyone is an artist and is just finding the right materials you enjoy working with. But remember, 
It's not about the project, but the process and journey you will be on with your daughter. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Amy's Art Palette. That's Amy's Art Palette with one L and two T's, and you'll get to see all the original art we've been creating and the life-changing comments from our members. Thanks for showing up and finding ways to connect today and every day.